Welcome to another bonus review episode of Happiness A Skeptic's Guide with self-confessed serial self-help abuser Paul Flair and me, psychologist and coach Gary Wood. Welcome to Happiness A Skeptic's Guide. This is our regular, semi-regular recap and review episode whereby we look at the past five episodes and uh, remind ourselves what they were about and what helped me personally as I am sort of patient zero in this experiment and uh, the other things that I think may have been useful to uh, other people. So we do five episodes, then we do a mini recap and this is the mini recap episode just in case you were wondering. I am joined, as ever, by uh, the esteemed Dr. Gary Wood. Yes, yes, hogging the limelight as usual, I see. Right. Sorry about uh, that. Okay, then. So, the episodes. I think it's uh, only right I should remind you of the episodes. So, we're looking at episodes 8 to 12, and 8 was mindfulness, 9 was... Mindfulness with chainsaws, as I like to call it. Mindfulness and chainsaws, which I don't think anybody, you know, Nobody else is going to have thought of that, are they? We didn't. No. We didn't think of it. Let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, so it's eight mindfulness and chainsaws and happiness. Uh, nine was talking cures and happiness. Ten was the self help industry, and eleven was self help again and toxic positivity. And number twelve was the third in our uh, self help three parter, and that was how to read a self help book. So indeed. It's just to get an idea of what were your takeaways or your what were the main headlines for you? Maybe what have you tried out? If you have, what's been better? I think these were kind of more general sort of information um, episodes and they were more about giving a wider understanding of, of some of the terminology used in these areas and, and a breakdown of that, um, more than being sort of advice that was um, – immediately employable if that makes sense so i mean i will run through them one by one uh in the mindfulness episode we, we talked about gaining liberation from conditioning uh savoring the moment sort of eating without the tv on burns more calories for example but but the whole mindfulness thing has become like an opiate for the masses it's it's not an answer to all ills is is essentially what we were saying but but also mindfulness doesn't necessarily mean meditation no. Um, which I think was the, the kind of belief that, that I'd sort of mistakenly fallen into. It just means blocking out the noise and, and you can use it as one of the many, uh, relaxation tools. Uh, but it was, co- of course, hard to relax when there are chainsaws in the background as there was during uh, that episode. Or paying more attention to the noise. I remember doing a meditation. It's called dynamic meditation series of courses. And we were in a, a noisy environment. And the facilitator said, okay, use the noise to deepen your focus. So you focused on the noise because the idea is that the noise is intrude. What about just paying full attention to the noise? That is still mindfulness rather than thinking that noise shouldn't exist. I need to block it out. We can just pay attention. Yes. So mindfulness can be just paying attention on purpose. Uh, And the, the temptation is that we have to clear our minds of thoughts. So there is something to be said for just noticing when a thought starts and when it ends. So you imagine like ripples on a pool. So you say, oh, there's the thought about putting out the bins. And there goes a thought about putting out the bins. Now, you're probably never going to, you know, find Buddha under the Bodhi tree telling people to focus on this. It, It doesn't seem like the stereotypical meditation, but that is mindfulness. 
just paying attention to the ebb and flow of the thought. Excellent. Good recap. Um, number nine was about talking cures for unhappiness. And I think um, had I heard this episode prior to some of my earlier depressive uh, incidents, then, you know, I think it would have uh, taken me a different direction um, about finding help because there is a lot more help out there these days. So I think uh, one of the main takeaways from that was, you know, about thinking and doing things in a different way, Mm -hmm. using CBT to do that and um, how to distinguish also between the need for coaching or counselling. And, and, you know, as I say, the key thing is that, you know, it gives you the strategies to use the things that can help. So CBT can be useful for for some people, unlike rumpology, which was also mentioned during that episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. I I mean, I did say that it was this famous Hollywood mother uh, asked you to send a photo, fax in the fax days, (laughs) fax through a picture of your derriere. And and I said it was for a small fee, but it actually was. Well, I think it was something like a hundred and twenty-five dollars. So it wasn't a small fee. It no, was a very it wasn't large a small fee. fee. And of course, the fee. I mean, if she'd have thought it through, I think the fee could have been size dependent, couldn't it? Oh yeah, that would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. So people with very small derrieres would just be paying about, you know, in my case, about seven pound fifty. So there you go. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> 750 more like. Yeah. Okay then. So. so I think the main takeaway for other people from that particular episode actually is that all forms of therapy work in the same way. So, you know, yeah. do your research. Specific techniques only account for about 15%, I think you said. Even taking the step to find help will, will kind of mean that you find it. You know, it's about acknowledging what is going on for you and, and, and addressing that basically. Oh, and as long as it's not some kind of totally off-the-wall therapy or something, the phrase I used was, what are the outcome studies? Can you find an outcome study on it? So have people tested its efficacy? If they haven't, then it's probably just as well to avoid it. Now, one of the most famous uh, well, I wouldn't say it's, well, it is infamous uh, types of therapy is something called NLP. That's Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah. And there are great claims that we can transform people and cure people in 20 minutes. But there are the outcome studies are virtually non-existent. And some of the ones that do exist actually contradict some of the NLP precepts. So I would encourage people to have a look at are there outcome studies. And when you found some outcome studies, you're pretty much in safer waters. Brilliant. Uh, we moved on then to a three-parter on the self-help industry. So we can kind of combine these three episodes, 10, 11, and 12, to a certain degree. Um, the self-help industry it's, uh, itself, you need to apply the advice within to gain something, uh, is one of the things I'd written down here as a note. Some people don't buy the books to change. They buy them to reinforce their worldview as a sort of comfort blanket. Yeah, that was, of course, that, that quote you've written down was uh, the re- uh, a review of one of my books. It said it was quite an average self-help book because you have to apply the advice if you're going to get something from it. Sure, but I think that was also a takeaway to a certain degree that I think... Yes, she's hit the nail on the head, that that reviewer, that of course you have to apply it. I think there's a temptation throughout self-help and throughout lots of, with therapy and coaching, that you turn up, have the session, and then your life's fixed. And of course, it's the bits that happen in between are just important, if not sometimes more important, because what you're doing is you're applying it to your own life and you're making it your own. 
Otherwise, it just stays a thought, a nice thought in somebody else's book, somebody else's coaching session. It needs to be applied to you for you to make it your own. Yeah. I think I've, you know, I've been guilty, as guilty as anybody else of, of reading these things and, you know, letting them wash over me, thinking that I remember bits of them, even by writing the, those bits down almost uh, or writing the headlines of those bits down. And then I never refer back to them or I don't think too much about them. So, so it, it's definitely a lesson that I need to take on board. Mm. And that, you know, is encapsulated a little bit between, within the, uh, the SQ3R acronym that you came up with, the survey question, read, react, review. Yeah. We mentioned it was a study skills technique that I've adapted for self help books. And the idea is it's to get people to treat a self help book as a personal development course. So if you imagine if you turned up to a course and the facilitator, I can't even get my words out today. Him as well, yeah. (laughs) The facilitator said, okay, we're now going to do this exercise. And if I don't fancy that. Okay, then we'll do, no, 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 that's not going to work for me. And you can imagine you're going to be paying for a course and you're not going to be doing anything. Do you think then that that some of the um, gurus that we talked about in the past, um, the Anthony Robbins and their ilk, do you think they're on to something in charging quite a lot for their, their sessions in the sense that if you charge a lot, then somebody should be thinking, if I'm paying this much, I need to get something back rather than paying nine ninety nine for a book or whatever. If I'm paying hundreds of, of pounds or dollars, you know, I need to get something back from this. Well, the last time I looked, first of all, I should say, I sent off for this little book, Notes from a Friend, and it was a distillation of Tony Robbins' two main self-help books. And then I got a phone call from someone saying, thank you uh, for ha- sending off for the book. Would you be interested in the up and coming London course? And I went, well, tell me more. She says, it's an unbelievable price. And I went, yeah. yeah, yeah she was right. Then she followed it up with, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. And I thought, yes, that's usually what unbelievable means, but I'm, I'm, I'm still following you. And then she says, this course, and then she did lots of padding. I said, go on, get, give me the figure. Hit me. And she went, 850. I went, what? And I went, <laughs> I went, that's incredible. She went, I knew you'd think so. She says, and it will transform your life. If you go now, 850, she says, but if you wait another week, it's going to be 1,350. And I'm thinking, I thought she meant £8.50. And <laughs> and I went, well, that's a bit big, a bit of a jump, isn't it, early bird? And then I realised £850 was the cheapest you could get that course for. Well, certainly if it doesn't transform your life, it'll transform your bank balance. In a negative way. And she said, it will it will transform your life. I said, I'm sure it will. I said, I'll be on the streets. <laughs> no, no sense of humour, no sense of irony. Anyway, sense of, uh, needless to say, I didn't go. And uh, needless to say, my life wasn't transformed beyond all measure. But the thing about those courses is it's often 8,000 people in a room, a great big hall. Yeah. And of course, you have the, you know, the sound and everybody's red up to go. And it creates something that's known as oceanic feeling. So when you go to concerts and, you know, you, you kind of taken up in the moments or you go to a football match, not that I've been to one in years, you taken up in the moments. So this oceanic feeling, it takes a while to wear off. So you'll come away thinking, 
that was amazing. And then you've got a very, very small window which with which to do something with that. And it's mm. but it's the same principle. So you can spend eight pounds fifty on a lecture at a local library, and you could get a bit of a buzz, and then you could work on that. Or you can spend thirteen hundred and fifty pounds and get a bigger buzz. But the point is, in both cases, the buzz will wear off. And it's what you do and how quickly you capitalise on the buzz. Mm, absolutely. There's my Tony Robbins story. Well done. I, I was very impressed with that. So, so yeah. I mean, the other the other bits of pick up from the from the um, self help book episode were for me anyway were you know that there are types of book growth or problem solving yep. you're either moving towards or away from something uh, whether you identify with the author is going to help you to identify with the, the topics and the content of the book does the book motivate you you know what's the tone like is it the kind of thing that you would use in, in your own uh, day-to-day life so to me all five episodes were very helpful but i guess i would say that because i've been involved in them but you know i, I think that there were learnings in them and there's a learning in this one i've never even heard of oceanic feelings so there you go yes well it just basically means everybody gets caught up in the moment um it's a bit like when you go to a comedy show and i mean i've seen some absolutely fantastic comedians but nobody was laughing well except me of course because it, it was quite dark humor but people didn't think it was right to laugh at them so nobody did so when you go to you, you see some comedies like you know you, i'm not going to name any names but these kind of saturday evening comedians and they come out with the most inane, unimaginative piffle about oh my daughter did this or my son picked his nose and you get people roaring. Yeah, people are rolling around. Rolling yeah, in the, in the yeah. aisles, you know, grabbing a sponge. Uh, and you think, what the hell? Um, and, and in that- a similar vein, I've, I've been to comedy uh, shows where everybody was laughing and I was laughing too. And I came away thinking, yeah, that was really good. And then I've seen the same routine performed uh, you know, in a TV special or, you know, a TV recording of that particular tour and not found it anywhere near as funny. Whereas I suppose to an extent you've heard the jokes already, but, you know, I would still have expected to laugh at some of them. And it's certainly not true of of every comedian. Some some are as funny second time around and some aren't, which is is kind of weird. Well, it's also part of that is that oceanic feeling. You're in a moment and... You, I, I remember years ago, I went to uh, see a play called School for Scandal by Sheridan, and it was a, a comedy, apparently. And <laughs> we went to, we sat there and we did nothing was hitting. We're thinking, nah, it's not funny. And, but people were laughing around us, and it was about six or seven of us, and we go, it's not funny though, is it? And they go, no. Nah, I can't work on now it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, what if we just laugh along with other people? Anyway, we started doing this and the act of laughing along with people became far more funny. And in the end, we were laughing far more riotously and were asked to leave. Uh, so we, <laughs> we, 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 we never, we never found out what happened in that riotously funny comedy, School for Scandal. Uh, yeah, not, not recommended no. by Dr. Gary Wood. I was just looking and I was thinking, <laughs> you are? It was just the unfunniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. They're not putting that on the poster, are they? No. The unfunniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. But even the free tickets, it was, it was a robbery of time. Anyway, has any of this actually made you happier? In any way, well, it's, it, again, it's an interesting thought. I think the whole pursuit of this is generally making me happier overall. 
And I think it, a lot of it has been worthwhile and there are a lot of learnings in there, things that I didn't know, things that I think would be very useful to other people. And I believe that we've cut through a lot of the, the, the piffle. We, you know, we get to the point very quickly. And whether any of the, this has made me happier, I'm not sure. I would need to probably employ some of the tactics when next reading a self-help book or next thinking about self-help. I think the mindfulness thing is useful. Um, I was you know, recently on holiday and was able to kind of completely turn off at certain points and think okay. only of, of your surroundings. Yeah. So I think that that is definitely very useful. And, you know, if I, if I can go back to those things at the times when I need them, then, you know, it will undoubtedly be helpful. Well, I mean, that's that in itself. I mean, we used to be able to switch off on holiday. Let's be honest. That's what I mean. I remember going on holiday and, you know, I, I wouldn't phone anybody. I, I'd just be I'd disappear for three weeks. And, and without the phone, there was no means of anybody getting in touch. With no, no, I love that. But now it's I, I mean, you often see on social media people going, oh, look at me. I'm having a wonderful time. And I'm, I look at the picture and I'm thinking, obviously not, because if you've got time to post to tell people you're having a wonderful time, then the wonderful time isn't enough. Yeah. So if you, you need some more fulfillment, don't yes. you? you need to have everybody else's kind of backup on that, everybody else's affirmation. If I have to see anybody else's feet. <laughs> In, in front of a swimming pool, I will scream. That will never be a photo that I will post. I have the ugliest feet and the biggest. Right. Well, anyway, well, thank you very much for that. I'll take your word for it. I, I, I don't require any photographic evidence. You'll never get it. But the point is, is that if you can just do that to be able to switch off and just enjoy the moment, the moment for its own sake, that yeah. is... A little bit of happiness. I agree completely. So, uh, what do we need to talk about in the next few episodes for you to feel like this journey or story is moving in a worthwhile direction for you and other people, listeners? Um, I think we've got enough episodes under our belt that we need to look a little bit at how to make it stick. I think sometimes, uh, you know, I know all the moves, but I can't do the dance if you if you know what I mean. So, helping to get a, a way of you know making these things easier to fall back on or easier to recall when you need them is is definitely a thing for me there are a number of general topics that i think we have in mind that we would like to visit but yeah making it stick would would be useful so in the next episode then what we can do is we can start exploring so you can think for the moment what skills you have now what you've done that's worked in the past and then i can ask you next time and we'll start to put together some ideas for how someone might structure a course in happiness based on the material that we've covered so far how does that sound? It sounds marvellous. Oh, yes, once more with conviction. <laughs> it sounds marvellous. Excellent. And you can put those two fingers down for a start. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. That was and is Happiness, a Skeptic's Guide with Paul Flower and me, Gary Wood. If you've enjoyed the podcast, do leave us a review and tell your friends. And remember to hit the subscribe and follow button wherever you find your podcasts so you'll be the first to know about new episodes.